So, hi, this is Hannah Cremona. Uh, as I understand, you do some kind of coaching. We did have a conversation about it, but I forget the exact details. Tell me again. Hi, Alex. Um, thanks for having me. Um, yes, you're right. I do some kind of coaching. <laughs> I'm a business strategy coach for yogi and wellness coaches hmm. um, who wish to build their business online and have a more strategic approach to their profession and their business. And why did you choose that, that particular line of business? As a business coach or working with, working with wellness coaches? Working with wellness coaches. So um, for me, I'm coming actually from a pharmaceutical background, <laughs> hmm. and um, which I left five years ago. And ever since, I have really um, spent invested time and energy in natural healing, and have worked with a number of various therapists um, for my own self care and healing. And for me, this has been a saving grace through many periods of my life. And when when the lock when lockdown corona and the whole pandemic pandemic hit hit the world i was um wondering like what are yoga teachers doing how are they navigating through this time and what about other body workers and healers how are they being seen online and how are they supporting the community and um, i found that a lot of people were um we keep we staying back because of the lack of marketing knowledge or the fear of technology and all that that comes with it so hmm. this is when i really kind of um launched myself if you like in this in this area so there's an issue with marketing but there's also just an issue of what can you do online i mean if you're a yoga teacher or a body worker it's all about body and the physical and how, how does that how do people translate that onto online work? Exactly, and that's that's very true. And I I am of the belief that it doesn't quite replace that in person work. However, mm. I I also believe that um, most yoga teachers and alternative therapists and body workers they do have what I like to call a toolbox of right. of various um, tools and therapies that they can transmit online so it's really about um how can you deliver that to your clients what are understanding really what are your clients needs right now and what tools can they access what expertise can they access from me to support them during these times yeah yeah and so what kind of tools do you give them um, so I focus a lot on finding finding the authentic voice online. As you said, there are so many things you can do online, and this goes this is the same for marketing, and it can be really overwhelming. Um, there are a lot of tools out there. There are a lot of tools and platforms, and when you're new to this, it is overwhelming. And so the first place I start is by really identifying who it is that you're serving and how can you help them right now? What are their problems or their desires 
that you can solve or help them achieve in this moment. So really yeah. like owning in on that. Mm -hmm. mm, so actually solving problems, starting off by solving people's problems and helping them in some way. Yeah. It's a very obvious starting point. It's a very obvious kind of one that one that gets missed a lot, I think. <laughs> it, 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 is, it is a very obvious starting point, but we have this automatic um, habit. I what I've as based on what I've seen is to just the idea of marketing yourself or marketing what you do is all about. I do this type of therapy and join my class here. And yeah. it's a little bit um, somewhat vague, first of all, like who is this for? What are the benefits I'm going to get? And if you look at, for example, one segment of the market, like yoga teachers, when I see them just splashing out um, their yoga class schedules for the week without quite engaging with the audience, creating relationships to attract them in the first place, then this is clear that they have not gone through that process. Yeah, absolutely. Another element to this, I think, I've been noticing that there's an attitude attitude in business, in, in people who are working in marketing and business, which is about setting a, a goal and achieving that goal. And it's very, very determined and, and kind of forceful. Like, here is where I'm going and here is where I'm going to get. Here's how much money I'm going to make. Here's what kind of classes I'm going to do. You know, it's very very clear and direct. And that, I think, is a step up from being uncertain and not knowing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, but, but I think there's a third level, which is, which is focusing on care rather than on achievement. So if we can care for the people that we are serving, the, the people that need us, if we can be helpful and 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 treat our business also as something that we care for and look after, then I think things kind of tend to fall into place. Definitely, especially um, especially in the space of wellness and therapy, hmm. you are well as, assuming you're coming into this space to serve people with the skills and yes. the knowledge <laughs> that you have developed. Correct, so. In the same way, when you're showing up in your social media or the marketing that you're doing, it should be about serving and not getting sales to reach your goals. Yeah. Um, it, it, should, it should be a process. It's a practice of attracting the right people to you so that you can serve them to the best of your ability so that they can get the results that they need. And this hmm. is no different to marketing and and the, the messaging that you're putting out there to them. It's it's you're building relationships, and by building relationships, you're serving them. You're you're adding value to their life um, in some form or other. And I'm not talking about giving everything away for free, because there's also that side of of the business of the business that um, requ requires some sort of sustainability. Um, and this is where I feel there it needs to be some sort of balancing act between the strategic goals and that mindset of having of running a business 
whilst also staying in your natural flow and consciousness level of consciousness which is about serving it's about staying true to your purpose and your values okay and so how do how do you help people find their flow i mean not their flow you're talking about balance not flow mm -hmm. well, how do you help people find that balance so it depends on the client so m most of the time i'm working on a one-to-one -one. however um i bring in the strategic side of the business so for example communicating more strategically with that customer in mind with your ideal customer the one that you know that you can help with your core product or service mm. um and helping them realign to their values and the purpose of why they even started this journey to begin with because i think along the way sometimes we tend to forget <laughs> Especially yeah, when we're yeah. when especially when we're moving into the business side of things, when we switch on the business mindset and um, trying to navigate as well the online platforms and all the possibilities of how you can promote your business, it gets so overwhelming that you tend to forget why you're even doing this in the in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and and I think it's it's also a really really important job for us as individuals, but also as a society, to to make business somehow clean it up, you know, not make it into such a dirty thing and make it into something that we can do in a, in a really conscious, deep way. Definitely. Definitely. And if, if, as things are, people spend a lot of their lives in their work or in their business. And if we can't do that in a pure conscious way, then how can we live in a pure conscious way? Rightly said. And um, again, it's about, it's about showing up authentically and again, with that purpose of, of serving others and mm -hmm. being aware of our own um, our own self and what that what that means in our day-to-day -day. for me especially when you're when you're in this sort of business profession um because i believe that every time i say the word business people look at me like this is not a business <laughs> it's not a business <laughs> because it's as it's as you said there's this dirty um dirty feeling about it yeah uh -huh. it's 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 um something it's something sleazy it's money making it's and this is not entirely correct. It's because we, we associate business with these big corporations. When, mm. when you look at, the, I'll take you back to an example, like using a yoga teacher as an example, um, when they're, they're trying to attract clients to fill up the studio and fill up their diary, that's one way of doing it. But is that a long-term solution that's going to really help you to truly serve your clients or is actually developing more of a long-term plan that doesn't have you on burnout week in week out where you can actually provide more of the tools and more of the expertise and really serve your clients outside of that 60 or 90 minute yoga class mm -hmm. is, yeah. that, is that kind of clear like the difference the mindset on on 
on how treating your your profession as a business can actually really um, enhance and better the results and the transformation you, you're trying to give to your clients. One of the interesting things I've noted is is that people who are really good at sales are also really good at service. So the two things are actually very closely linked together. So we kind of think of them as being something very disparate. If you are you are selling, you are trying to make money and you're trying to get something for yourself. And if you're serving, then you're just doing doing something for others. But if you can imagine if you just take this on a very simple level, um, and I, I look at people and say, what do they need? The people around here are, uh, really need some good shoes and they can't buy good shoes or good hats or something. They can't buy good hats. And it would be really, they would really like to have good hats. Then it would be a great service for me to sell them some hats. And I don't have to make them free for that to be a service. It's actually, it's actually still serving. Exactly. I think another way of looking at it is is what's called is is the definition of wealth. How do we define what is wealth? And some people naturally think of how much money you have. Mm-hmm. Classic economics thinks of how fast the money flows. But perhaps a more a deeper way of looking at it is purchasing capacity or the ability to get the things that you need and want. So if you are able to buy all of the food and entertainment and spiritual classes and have access to all of the social situations that you need to live a happy life, then you are very wealthy. Yeah. And... So how can purchasing capacity be increased? One way of increasing purchasing capacity is by having more money. But another way of increasing purchasing capacity is by having more access to good things that you want to buy. If somebody has a lot of money but they, but there is no shops around, they can't spend it, then they don't have purchasing capacity. They need shops. Yes. So... Um. Yeah. Yeah, and speak uh, on that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) While I get distracted, speak on that. (laughs) (laughs) You threw me off on this one, definitely. But um, this, I, I don't know. This is bringing up something. Perhaps I'm going to drift off. But this is bringing up. Yeah, yeah, I I think it's our job to drift off a little bit. Be interesting. (laughs) But this is bringing up for me. the value of investing in oneself Mm. and what and what does that mean for for you um again i just i'm gonna just uh, go backwards a little bit you meant you were talking about sales versus service yeah yeah and um the thing is that when we show up with the objective of selling, 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 then that's going to show. It shows up in our body language. It shows up in our communications, right? Um, Rather than if we approach it from the space of serving and truly 
serving to continue to enrich yourself and enrich and empower the people you're talking to, then for me, the, the part of the sales process should somewhat come more naturally. And then both people win, both the person who is ready to invest in themselves and the person who is giving the service. Yes. Um, yeah, and about purchasing capacity, then are we, are we talking about this kind of service being limited to a certain group of people? Where are you getting at with this? <laughs> well, I, I'm talking about if you've got, if we're talking about healing yeah. and wellness, yeah. um, there's a whole lot of people out there who are sick and need wellness. Mm -hmm. Are they able to get what they need? And many times they're not. Not because there is nothing there that would help them, but they can't find it. Yeah. So if if I have some kind of particular issue with my big toe, mm -hmm. and I I can go to the doctor, and the doctor will say, "Yeah, you need this this kind of surgery." Mm -hmm. um, but maybe there's some kind of alternative treatment that would help this. But I don't know what it is, and and so I'm not going to find it, and I'm not going to be able to get the treatment that I that I want. And this is this is the service of marketing. If exactly. if you as a healer uh, are very good with working with feet, and you have some experience working with feet, or even you can treat a whole lot of things, but you just start to decide to focus on feet, mm -hmm. and you put out there in your marketing that you're an expert in feet, then this person who is looking for an issue with their big toe, they know where to go and they are able to get the, the, the service that they need. So by, by marketing yourself well, you're actually doing a really good service that's really important to the world. Exactly. I like to use the analogy of a lighthouse. Um, I, like to, I like to imagine that you're a tall white uh, lighthouse standing at the edge of a breakwater and mm. behind the breakwater is your safe harbor and in the safe harbor you take in um, ships to repair and restore and give the maintenance and love and care right to, to go back into yeah. the waters outside and as a lighthouse your role is to make sure that your light is shining bright it's, it's beaming so that people out there looking for solutions looking for that safe harbor will know where to come to. They'll know mm. that you're there. They're, they'll know that um, you're calling them into your harbor. And yes. the, light, the light that you're beaming, being the messages that you're giving them, explaining like the benefits of why they should come into this harbor and why this is for them, why they need to treat that toe with, <laughs> with the tools and therapies that mm -hmm. I have in my harbor instead of going on to surgery that may cause you other problems in the future. Um, so, so yeah, if you switch that light off, you're just going to leave your clients um, stranded out in the rough waters trying to find, figure out solutions or going for so, solutions that may not be right for them in the long term. Yes. And so we get to niche marketing. It's all based on that. <laughs> a very controversial topic in my head. Yeah. But in this particular case... It seems very, very relevant because uh, isn't it better to show up in some very particular specialty where 
you will then be found by the people who really need it. Exactly. And by by tr by by coming down to that um, decision to choose a niche, then you can really um, upgrade the tools and the services that you have in that harbor. Correct. So. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If. And and then we can look at how how do you find that niche? How do you choose that niche? This is. For me, it's been a little bit a long process. Um, mm. It's definitely not a one-time thing. And it, in my opinion, because you choose a niche today, it doesn't mean that this is the niche you're going to be with forever. So the, thing, the problem is that if you don't choose a niche, you're just going to be forever swimming the surface, right? And really not getting yeah. deep. Um, into your offer, getting deep into the communications, getting deep into the needs and um, wants and desires of the people you can truly serve. So you might be somewhat just scratching the surface every time and giving mediocre or okay results. But what we're looking for is to really transform people. And I think you, I believe that you can really do that when you are so clear about who you're serving. But as I said, again, it's not something that you, you decide once and it's like written on your gravestone, you know. <laughs> it's, it's, it's something that I think there must be a, a few alternative directions for, for, for finding this. One of them, of course, is to, to be very intellectual and strategical and say what niches out there are there that are lacking mm -hmm. uh, and that there aren't people serving and where I would have a good opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, Another possibility might be to just serve the people who are right there in front of me and see what what niche I end up in. Yeah. Just kind of like um, see where I find myself, see what niche finds me. That, that's also, I mean, that's also the, the case, but it, it, I think it depends on where you're starting from. So if you have mm. really developed some kind of audience, then yeah. um, in a specific area, maybe you're, you're, you have an audience of women over their 50s um, who you've been working with, perhaps doing yoga or menopause-related topics or whatever, or weight loss. Or, um, you may want to further niche down in that area. Mm. Or if you're starting from scratch, what the, the process I take my clients in is identifying three niches that they could potentially serve right now and then within right. the three niches, um, identify the top one to three struggles and pain points that they face mm -hmm. at the moment. Mm -hmm. And out of those struggles and pain points, which is the one that's most urgent, which is the one that's most powerful, and the one that you know you, with your current toolbox, you can definitely help right now. Right. And what do you think of what do you think of choosing several niches if you can't decide? I think you're gonna um, be completely overwhelmed, confused with your own self. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, been there, done that, worn the t-shirt, and um, mm -hmm. I have all the apparel for it. You, you, if you're gonna try and serve a handful of niches. Your offer 
is going to be weak, your time is going to be limited, your message out there is going to be confusing. Um, this, Having said that, this doesn't mean that if you choose one niche, you're stuck with it forever. It doesn't stop you from, once you've ha- um, satisfied this niche and you have the systems and processes and content to serve that on a somewhat um, system in a somewhat systematic way, it doesn't stop you from diversifying and serving another group of people. Yeah. And by saying, choosing a niche, your messaging will be directed at one segment of the market. It doesn't mean that no one else might actually come to you for that support and help. Yeah, that's another thing that's worth remembering. When we talk about it as a, as a target, mm-hmm. the, the target is that you're aiming for is the central, central point on the target, but you might hit all of the areas around it as well when you slightly yeah. miss that. Definitely, definitely. I mean, for example, um, I'll, give, I'll give you one example. I mean, as, as a woman, I'm, I'm in my 30s, and I know a lot of wellness coaches who are working specifically with women over 50 or in their late 40s, mm-hmm. 50s who are going through the menopausal um, period of their life. And to be honest, I find this quite fascinating. And I want to learn from them because I want to be prepared for that life stage. Right. You know what I mean? So I'm like, I'm really interested and keen on learning what they're saying because I don't want to be entering that period of my life and having to learn everything from scratch then. I want to prepare myself from now, especially if there's self-care habits and um, healthy habits to introduce, then why not, right? So, so yeah, they're also hitting me whilst they're targeting women who are going through the tick of the menopause um, life stage, you call it. <laughs> yeah, 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 they're kind of hitting you on the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, hitting being a funny metaphor, but yeah. but it's but that that very this kind of words that are used in marketing very much come out of the attitude of of determination to hit a, hit a goal, to achieve a goal. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this is one of our problems in trying to talk about these things in a more conscious way is that the language, the language doesn't speak of that. The language speaks of, of hitting things. It doesn't speak of looking after things, mm. meeting, connecting which yeah. is what we really, really, really about. And I think that's one of the reasons that people get turned off from it. Yeah, one of the reasons people get turned off from marketing and this uh, the dirty concept of, of business is because of the language others are using. Um, this yeah. very salesy, goal-driven achievement, you know, the achievers, whereas um, especially in the wellness and therapeutic area, we're we're really working with with human beings we value the the human element in our business mm. and this is same for me i'm not a, i'm not a therapist um, or a wellness coach myself but even in my business in my marketing as a business coach i i am conscious about my messaging trying not to be that business lady type and more um it's more about engaging in conversation i want to have yeah. conversation with people i want to build relationships and not transactions yeah. um i 
I am constantly seeking to have insightful conversations that both that help both parties, both the person who's giving me the insight and me who who's gonna perhaps use use that insight to develop. So it's it's mutually it's mutually beneficial. Um, it's a two way relationship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and I think this comes out once you identify your niche and your ideal customer, your ideal client, your ideal student. It's also understanding their 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 journey, their journey around this problem that they're having and around the solution that you're proposing. And once you understand that and you understand the thought processes and the behaviors and the mindset of your ideal client then you are more likely to meet them at the right stage of their journey in the right place with the right message yes you see by what do you think of what do you think of the concept of finding your flow in, in business i think that's always very important to find mm. To find your flow, and this is why I always harp on the need, the the not the need, the I continuously remind my clients like, why are you doing this? Does this serve yeah. the bigger picture? Does this serve? Mm-hmm. Um, is this aligned to your values? So again, it's that balancing act between the business mindset and your natural, your natural flow, your natural state, um, your your interior world. Yes, I had an interesting experience over the last years with finding my flow. I, I know that my flow was in communicating, talking to people. But there's kind of different ways you can take that, and one of the one of the directions is talking to people and trying to make deals and agreements and work together and build projects together. And and I tried that, and I'm reasonably good at it. And another way is is facilitating, like team, like coaching individuals, coaching teams. Kind of being the facilitator who stands there and helps everybody else to succeed, and and doesn't really uh, take too much of the focus to themselves. And I also found I was pretty good at that. Mm-hmm. But I never, I, I found it very difficult to make money doing those things. They seem to kind of kind of makes sense and I think that if I could keep growing them eventually I would maybe be able to make some project that would work and it all, all seemed to, to, to kind of kind of happen mm-hmm. but I never made money doing it mm-hmm. but when I put myself out as a performer I play music I make recordings I speak suddenly I start making money and I don't even know why <laughs> I uh, <laughs> It's not that I, the the project is is particularly well organized. That I have uh, clarified my niche very well. That uh, it's it's just that here's something that kind of works when I do it. 
So when I perform, you know, somehow I there's some kind of magic touch that I have when I perform, and 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 things work out, and people like it, and and I end up getting paid. Yeah. And it took me years to figure that out to find this this what where my flow is what i should be doing mm -hmm. it's not just about what is the easy thing what is it that i enjoy it's also about some some kind of magic that i'm not even aware of myself but is somewhere in my actions and my audience responds to my my customers respond to in some way yeah. but it, it really does seem that there are things that people do well and when they really get into that flow and do the things that they do best that they succeed so much more than when they're doing other things that might seem on the face of it very intelligent but just don't seem to don't seem to work definitely um, have you ever come across that yeah and, well that pattern in other people definitely and this is also part of the pro for me this is also part of the process of choosing a niche it's also under understanding and identifying your your areas of passion because when you show up mm. in your passion you you're even more enthusiastic to right and yeah and, and authentic because you this is your passion yeah. this is what you love to do this is what you can live and breathe in so so just choosing a niche for the sake of identifying a gap in the market and going with that, like you mentioned, oh, I can make hats for these mm. guys if they want nicer hats. But is it truly a passion? Is this gonna is this serving your bigger picture also? Yes. Is this fulfilling your desires and your sense of purpose? Mm. So mm -hmm. I think that that unique um, combination of passion, skills, experiences, and and values. That's what's going to give you that that unique edge, I guess. And um, yeah. And then that's again finding finding your flow in that space. Again, going back to that balance between that business mindset and how can I strategically do this in the long term to just winging it you know what i mean the yes <laughs> but you know <laughs> some of us need to wing it yeah, me being a case in point yeah but maybe winging it is your first step and then saying okay this is working now how can i strategically do this in the long term it's i i go back yeah, to yeah. yoga teachers because i think this is um, an area i've been working a lot of the last few months with um it's doing it's teaching yoga for the love of yoga but how long term and how sustainable is that if you're going to be running around the city like a headless chicken from one studio to the other exhausted by the end of the week and undervalued and underpaid yes and and people like me who do like to wing it they often uh, although we don't like to uh, think about the strategic plan and and the sustainability of things ourselves we do need sometimes somebody else to help us to see it yeah. it's like it, it is an important concept and um, and to be able to kind of find a way to bring in the the practical elements into the flow exactly. and i think this is another another part of what's really important in in business is in conscious business in particular is helping each other 
is not doing things alone because we all have particular skills and we're good at particular things, but we're not good at everything. And, and if we can get the assistance that we need in the areas that we need, yeah. that can make all the difference. I, I highly, I, I definitely highly agree. Um, for me, first of all, having mentors, mentor, sorry, <laughs> having mentors in, mm. in my life has really made a drastic change because you have that person to go to for support, to share your ideas. But I also believe in team collaboration because, um, as you said, our skill sets may be limited and together we can do bigger things, we can serve more people and we can create more positive impact. Um, and working as a solo entrepreneur can get lonely. <laughs> Indeed. And I think, do, do you find that as a, a common issue that's talked about among your clients? Um, the loneliness? Yes. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've heard it a lot from, from healers that they wish they could be engaged with others like them much more. But exactly. the fact is that they're always working with people who are needing their services and hence very different to themselves. Exactly. Um, it's also when you're, in a, when you're in a community or a group or a mastermind or whatever you want to call it, it depends on how formal the structure is um, of your team, it's, it elevates the whole group. You're learning from each other. You're constantly learning from each other. And because you're learning from that, then you, you're also willingly coming in to give value into the group. Yes. Um, I'd really like to see a, a good uh, development of groups like this for the, for the wellness community. I think they'd be very open to it. Definitely, definitely. Um, and it could be fact, very helpful. Yeah, in fact, yesterday, one of um, a, a lady from Portugal came, came into my came into one of my workshops and she was saying that actually like she does similar work to me but she has no one in her space or in Portugal or she hasn't found anyone that she can actually exchange with so she felt very lonely and I mm. this is the same for for wellness coaches for therapists and healers and intuitive workers the the positive impact that comes out of sharing and exchanging is has yeah. a ripple effect on society at large because you're all learning from each other and growing. I'm in Portugal. Put her in touch with me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if somebody wanted to work with you, mm -hmm. what what would they expect? What how would it how would it work? So I work with uh, my clients on a one-to-one -one basis for now, at least, um, mm. and it's it's a two-way it's a two-way commitment. So usually it's for a minimum of three months. We meet up weekly. We speak during the week. We I support with strategy. We explore um, this balance that I've been talking about. Uh, methods and tools to clarify the message and come out switch on that lighthouse so that uh, they can start attracting the right tribe the right people to their tribe in mm. a nutshell 
So you would do some kind of individual coaching with them and take them through a process. It's a, it's like how long does the process take? It depends on where they're at already in their business. So that's why I I say start with three months and then take hmm. it from there. So it's a, in some some period of months to get your business in really going. Yeah, I mean it's the groundwork. I would say. Yeah. Again, it's it's one to one, so it's very individualized, and it depends on at what stage they're at in their business. If they're starting from scratch, and um, mm. there will be a lot of that um, groundwork and mindset work to do. Um, but my intention is to empower them with the tools so that they can continue refining by themselves, and I obviously remain, um, I obviously remain available. Yeah. <laughs> So where would they uh, they find you if they wanted to know more? So I am available on Facebook, um, Hannah Cremona. I also have a Facebook group for wellness coaches and body workers. It's called Aligned Digital Marketing for Yoga. Aligned, Aligned Digital Marketing, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, my website is currently on con- in construction, but it's hannacremona.com. Hannacremona.com will be coming soon. Yeah, it's 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 up, but I wouldn't say that's my best piece of work. <laughs> oh, yeah, fair enough. I also have <laughs> I, have the I, school. I, I have have recently launched the school of oneness.org, yeah. and it looks terrible, but it's actually functional at the moment, which is a good step forward. Exactly. I mean, as I. As I said, it's. Um, I think marketing is a practice and it's a process. It's never a one-time deal. You con- you're continuously growing and collecting insight and um, based on your own experiences, based on your understanding, you're continuously refining and growing and it's never a one-time done thing. And I think if, if it becomes this attempt to be of service, then it's no longer something that you don't want to spend time on. It becomes something that we want to spend a lot of time on because here is how we serve. Exactly. And in fact, this is one of my clients. She she told me, she's like, she said that marketing and showing up on social media has become an integral part of um, her services. And it's no longer her showing up with anxiety and... <laughs> And that oh I have to do this kind of thing like to enroll people in her program because it's a it's a continuous practice. Yes. Of serving, and and nurturing relationships and adding value where possible before they even cut the check. You know what I mean? It's um, it becomes for me it's become something like a, a a conversation a conversation with a large community of people rather than an individual but a conversation nonetheless. Definitely. And as that conversation goes on, it becomes very obvious what people need and what they're looking for and what services to provide that they will be interested in. Definitely. And the the instinct to continue to that conversation and to continue to serve those people is very, very strong. Indeed. Indeed. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much, Hannah. Thank you, Alex. I hope this was interesting. Um, yeah, very interesting. And I hope we'll, we'll see where 
where we go next. We may, um, I hope we manage to develop some more material together. Definitely. I feel there are many areas and topics where we can, um, where we overlap and share common mm. understanding, I think, I believe, at least. Okay, lovely. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Have a good day. Bye.